What is up? What is up? What is up? This is Sunday in the Park with your host, Adrian Dillahunt. Say hi to the people, Adrian. Hey to the people. How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm BJ Hall, and we are here to bring you local news and highlight some of our small businesses and community organizations. This is week 35. Let's get it. All right. Special thanks, first off, uh, to our special guest today. We have Gene Lott, uh, one of the co-owners of Patuxent Brewing. Uh, was it the first, the first, the first since Prohibition? Yes. Boys out there doing it? Or boys and, and lady. Let me not discount Trinice before I get stabbed. And we have Delegate Jones from t- District 27B over there in Calvert County. Um, excited to have her here as well. Shout outs. Uh, for our local, uh, some of our local organizations, we have the Eastern Stars. They had a really good fundraiser, had a big fish fry this past Friday. Um, I'm sure that they're going to do a lot of good in the community with the money that they raised. They sold out very quickly. So if you didn't pre-order or get out there in like an hour, you did not get a plate. Uh, shout out to to Nat Scroggins, the, the, uh, the Friar Master. Uh, out there uh, dropping dropping that fish all day. So good work out there. Love to see see them out and about. Historic St. Mary's, if you did not yeah. know, after wow. 90 years of looking, 90 years of searching, they finally found the first settlement here in St. Mary's County. Um, that fort. That's pretty dope. That fort yeah. from that 1634. Fort. So uh, they had a really wonderful celebration on Maryland Day, and I'm not sure if you all saw the branch meeting that we had at the NAACP. I celebrated Maryland Day properly by wearing Alabama gear. Roll Tide. Anyway, so <laughs> shout out to Saint Historic St. Mary City um, for for the big find. I mean, that that is going to be huge. We got a lot of publicity, um, and I cannot wait uh, because they're already starting to prep for our um our 400 400 year anniversary so this is this is going to be pretty dope i know being that they have all this time on their um 
for their preparation, uh, it's probably going to be something uh, amazing. And I know that team down there is very creative. And March is Women's History Month. And we want to um, just really give a shout out to all the women in history. This month's theme is Valiant Women of the Vote honoring the brave women who fought to win suffrage rights for women and for women who can to continue to fight for our voting rights so important. Um, and so we need to continue to learn about and celebrate the achievements of our women throughout history. The reason why I'm so excited and we're both so excited to have Delegate Rachel Jones, another phenomenal woman um, here um, during Women's History Month. Absolutely. Absolutely. Celebrating our phenomenal women everywhere. Uh, celebrating you, Miss Adrian. Celebrating Delegate Jones. And shout out to my mama because she is phenomenal. <laughs> Dr. Richmond. All right. So we like to remind people that we are still in the middle of a pandemic because a lot of people yeah. like to forget. It's like, hey, it's still bad out here. People are still dying. Pandemic, y'all. Mm -hmm. COVID stats this week. Um, since the beginning of the pandemic in St. Mary's County, we've had 6,332 cases. We've had a total of 121 deaths. Uh, we had 110 uh, new cases from last week with three deaths. The good part about my um, situation that we have in St. Mary's County, we have an amazing health department down here doing wonderful work. So far, we've had about a quarter of our county, 28,000 uh, 28, people, 28,852 people have re received the first dose. And of, shout out uh, to Dr. Mina Brewster and her staff. Shout out. We save another phenomenal woman. Um, she is really... Absolutely phenomenal putting things together, planning. She's everywhere. If you don't know her, it's almost like she's American Express everywhere you want to be, whatever it is. So uh, I hate to cut you off, BJ, but I did want to make sure that we acknowledge Dr. Mina Brewster. Um, I don't think you had to cut me off. That's <laughs> no, but absolutely. No, that's, that was a good reason to cut me off. Uh, we, were, we were just with her today um, at one of our Get Out the, the, the Vax programs. Um, get Out the Vax is now working with churches to make sure that they get their congregations uh, vaccinated. So we've we've worked with four churches so far, and Dr. Brewster was at two churches today. She was at Zion, and she went to First Missionary. Shout out to both of those pastors yeah. uh, for allowing the the health department to come in and and work with their congregations to get them additional information about the vaccine and have an opportunity to get an appointment to be vaccinated. So those two churches were this week. Last week we actually well. Correction, God's House of Refuge was yesterday, so that was also this week. Last week, we, we kicked it off at St. Mark UAME. So it was, it's been a really good launch of our campaign, working with churches on April 11th. If your church is interested, we will have a, vaccine, a vaccine, vaccination drive for churches, synagogues, mosques. So this is all houses of of religion. So we are not discriminating to just churches. 
Um, if you are interested in participating, please reach out to the Minority Outreach Coalition, reach out to St. Mary's NAACP, the Get Out the Vax campaign, and we will coordinate to make sure that we have time blocked out for your church to come and get vaccinated. If you are interested, I repeat, email the Minority Outreach Coalition or St. Mary's NAACP. You can reach reach uh, St. Mary's NAACP at St. Mary's NAACP at gmail.com. Uh, All right. We got to that first segment pretty quickly this week. I'm glad it's not 20 minutes after. We're going to bring up. Absolutely. Uh, we are bringing up. Drum roll, please. How you doing, Mr. Gene Lott? Hello, how you doing? How you doing? Company. Thank you for Thank being you. with us today. Thank you for bringing me on. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So so can we, can we get this out of the way? I always. Uh, Go ahead. You're Greek, correct? Nope, not Greek. Whoa, hold up. Wait, you're not Greek. Not Greek. Oh man, one of you I thought one of y'all was Greek. Nope, not Greek. Okay, but, um, my bad. I'm sorry. Yes, definitely a, a, a proud member of ST Kendall 153. Got you. Right got here you, in got you. Of Maryland. Yes. Okay. Roger that. Yes, sir. All right, so well, we got that out of the way because uh, I, I had some bad information, uh, had a bad understanding. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I was about to throw the hook up and be barking at you. No, 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 no. no. All right, all right. So, all right. Uh, so, I wanted to talk a little bit about just um, to, again welcoming you again to to the show and just yeah. talking about um, the Tuxent Brewery um, Brewing Company and being the very first brewing company of Charles County, Maryland, since prohibition. Yes, legally. <laughs> wow, yes, you're legal. Legally. <laughs> yeah, legal. I mean, um, it, 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 it's an exciting thing because uh, first first of all, you know, I just want to thank um, the county, especially, and and definitely um, just, they've, they've just been a, a whole help to the government and everybody, because um, what we're bringing is tourism to the county, you know, and when we got started, this was something new, you know, they didn't know what to do, <laughs> what to do with it. You know, you hear brewery, you hear beer, you think of a bar, you know, and uh, we basically had to tell them, hey, you know, it's not like that. It's a little bit more to it, you know, and um, right now it, it, it's just been it's just been amazing. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. It's, it's just been amazing. You all have a very unique history. Can you tell us a little bit about how the company got started um, yes, because it's, it's very fascinating. All right. Well, <laughs> it starts a, a long while ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's a Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> but um, our founder and our head brewer, uh, Mr. Davey Feaster, uh, he was a home brewer. And uh, basically he was brewing beer in his kitchen, got kicked out of his kitchen to the garage, <laughs> and he had to find somewhere else to brew. But um, no, to be honest, uh, he was a home brewer and uh, he was brewing his beer at home and he would bring the beer to different family functions, different cookouts and stuff. And people was drinking his beer more so than the beer that was being brought to the cookout, you know, and it was just one of those things where, you know, Davey did the research 
And uh, he had moved down here to Charles County and he was like, wow, there is no buried here, you know, and uh, the closest buries is, you know, in St. Mary's and stuff and, you know, Calvert and everything. And he was like, wow, uh, you know, there is no bury here in Charles County. So basically he teamed up with his best friend, uh, Trenise Watts. Uh, they went to Crossland High School together. Shout out to Crossland High School, PG County Public Schools. And um, I got thrown into the mix uh, when they were at the stage of selling at the uh, farmer's market in La Plata. And then from there, we just took off. We got our physical location and the past, literally the past two years have just been a blur. It really feels like we've been in it for a long time, but it really mm-hmm. took off. And one of the things uh, we like to say is like, you know, where we're quenching the thirst of Charles County and it, it's, it's definitely take, taken off, you know, our, our product and our brewery. And that's pretty much how we got started. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's definitely amazing. Wow. Wow. And not only that, um, as early as, well, a, a few years ago, uh, in 2019, yes. you opened your tap room to the community yes. tours. So we um, finally got through all the red tape and everything, uh, as, as you know, and um, we got the tap room open. And as soon as the tap room pretty much got open and we got a flow and we got a rhythm of things, of course, COVID hit. Mm. And at that time that COVID hit, we were about to begin to distribute widely our flagship beer, 301 Pale Ale. So when COVID hit, we didn't know what was going on. We're sitting on a whole bunch of beer with nowhere to go and no people to come in our tap room, you know? Wow. And and that was one of the amazing things. I always say, you know, you hate to say it, but COVID was a blessing in disguise because we had to pivot our business model. And we pivoted Mm -hmm. our business model ahead of schedule of what we wanted to do. So we were really getting entrenched online and on social media. So, you know, with the blessing of uh, the state of Maryland, because they open things up easier for businesses to survive, we were able to sell our beer online. So mm-hmm. what happened was uh, we set up an online kind of marketplace where you can place your order, get your beer. And basically it was like McDonald's and we were at, we were there in the brewery and we were setting wow. the beer up and we were, you know, um, handing it out to go beers. And then at that time, also, as the liquor stores and uh, the I hate to say liquor stores, actually the craft beer boutiques were still mm-hmm. open, we were able to go around and actually sell our beer to the boutiques. And, you know, we had so much support from so many people. You know, I definitely would like to shout out first um, Katie from Grill 13. She was one of the, one of the restaurants that was still open. You know, she reached out to us and was like, hey, got to have your beer, you know. And definitely Baltimore showed us a lot of love also. And wow. we hit up different places there and they just took our beer, you know, so we were able to stay afloat during those difficult times, especially those first couple of months, because nobody knew what was going on and how, how we yeah. can survive. You know? Shout out to you and your team um, to be able to make that quick adjustment. I mean, yes. that shows the kind of um, team that you're working with, the perseverance. Um, and just um, because that, you know, not everybody's able to do that so readily and, you know, so Definitely. that's great that you were able to recover or, you know, uh, yes. kind of swarm or reimagine. Uh, and, I, I, and, and a quick shout out to to our team. And we don't even look at ourselves as a team. We're practically a family because outside of our own families, we spend more time with each other than than, <laughs> than what's needed, you know. And that's Trenise Watts, uh, David Feaster, of course, our founder. Um, myself and then Kevin Bozeman, you know, and 
people find it amazing is really just the four of us that's running this this operation, you know. And when we're competing against bigger breweries, and when I mean bigger breweries, um, I mean people who are you know actually million dollar machines and everything, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's definitely you know people lose lose the fact that hey, we're still just a step above home brewers, you know. And I feel like that's what makes our beer unique because our beer is made literally from love, you know? Wow. And I also wow. um, definitely have to shout out our fifth member. I like to call her the fifth Beatle, uh, Miss D, Miss Diane. She's our uh, our content uh, director and she also directs our podcast that we have, you know? Oh, wow. And um, literally the five of us, we, 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 run this, we, we run this business and we run it because as David would always say, we have no plan B, you know, we have to, we have to put everything into it, you know, and, uh, and that's just the way we do it. Right. Absolutely. Wow. DJ, you want to jump in? I think you're on mute. <laughs> you're oh, yeah, he was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I had the most profound question ever. You missed it. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you, I know I know that we have a, a fundraiser uh we been yes, we, um, we have we have a fundraiser uh scheduled for May the 7th. Um yes. I, I wish wish had people had an opportunity to see our little cubby hole that we're going to be be uh the, stationed the kennel. In the kennel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um let, let me go into that a little bit. Uh go ahead. And literally I'm sorry that people couldn't see it this week because one of the things that happens when you're a small business is demand sometimes outweighs production <laughs> if i can put it that way so we literally had to hey let's put a pause you know the demand is great and we gotta we gotta get our production back so we took a pause for the cause and we're coming back strong so um we have a spot inside of our brewery called the kennel and that's because we're across the street from the uh the charles county um humane society and we call it the kennel. And of course, our facility is dog friendly and everything. Of course, they have to be on the leash and everything. But we call that little area the kennel. And it's our own little uh, VIP spot, um, our little meeting spot where we have our staff meetings at, our space table spot. You know, it, it's, it's literally every. Yep, look, <laughs> it's literally every. Not spades. Yes, yeah, spades. We, we oh, will geez. have uh, game nights on Fridays. You bring your own cards. We got cards. We got spades and a mean game of Uno. All right. Okay, I'll be I'll be there. I will definitely house rules. We need we yes. need to see those house rules. They need to be posted on the wall. Well, and you know spades is always house rules. All right, because everybody <laughs> bring your own rules. Everybody, we need to, we right. need to see it posted. Right. I don't want you making up stuff. You know, no, this is the guarantee is the big joker. No, bro. Uh, no, <laughs> no, nope, you got to yes. write on the card. <laughs> right in the car, big joker, little joker. Exactly. <laughs> and, and whatever you got to identify the deuce. We play with third joker in our in our brewery, all right? Oh, but, um, man. Actually, what? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. We'll play with kitties, all right? Kitties are for kids, okay? Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go over um, the, uh, the the fundraiser, which is the Friday yeah. fundraiser. Um, it's going to actually uh, end on May 7th. Yeah, it was actually supposed to start with our pre-orders of beer yesterday, but we're probably going to push that date um, down a little bit, probably sometime this week. And BJ will let you know about that. Right but um, pretty much, we, we have a beer, and the beer will be able to be pre-ordered, and the proceeds will go towards the fundraiser. Yes, All sir. right, so 
simple. So there will be a code that will be going out. All right. So you can come into the brewery. You can buy the beer. You give us the code. And and basically, it'll, it'll go just like that. Simple and easy. And then um, actually on May 7th, am I correct? Uh, you can come in. We're going to have BJN. They're going to be in the kennel. Yes, we, we might even do a live show. I don't know what yeah. we're going to do. Yep. So we're We've uh, what we're going to do is we've we've invited some of our local legislators. Mm -hmm. uh, De Delegate Jones is on that list of invitees. Uh, yeah, we're we're going to be doing um, uh, first Friday. Doing, uh, well, no, it's it's a legislative wrap up. Being yep. that the the session just ended, um, it, they'll have a, a month to get a rest in, and then they can come tell us all the wonderful uh, legislation they passed to make Maryland great again. There so, it is. There it is. So everybody will be able to come in using the code and we'll be able to purchase four packs of 16 ounce beer of the special beer that we will be brewing. And it will, it will be totally excellent. And this is something that um, Trenice, our business manager, and myself have been working with, with BJ for a little bit. And we're very excited to get this off. And this just goes into uh, one of the facets of our business in terms of giving back. Yes, sir. Because we're located... Uh, in an industrial park, but we're located in a neighborhood. And one of the things that Davey uh, put onto us and put into the business is that, hey, we are going to give back to the business, give back to the neighborhood and give back to the community any way we can. You know, and that's why we've partnered with the NAACP. We've partnered with the uh, Charles County School, you know, the school systems, our local school, Samuel Mudd, where during Christmas time, we actually gave families, you know, different gift cards and stuff, you know, so. We always look to give back and our place of business, we always look at it as a place, a neutral place, so everyone can come in and interact and just have fun, sit down. And as we like to say, beer is the greatest equalizer of everything. Roger that. Yes. All right. Well, sir, we definitely appreciate your time, your partnership, and uh, we're going to be appreciating that beer here pretty soon. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> <Absolutely>. Yes. <laughs> All right. So if you stick around um, with us for a little bit, we'll pull you yes, back up we'll with uh, with the what you're sipping on segment. All right. Thank All right. you guys again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh -huh. Can't wait. They oh, got... no. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if you hadn't had an opportunity to get down to their uh, their tasting room, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. It's a nice little setup, even though it's in an industrial park. Uh, it's very comfortable. So, all right, now to our community conversations. Our Board of Education. Oh, yes. I did want to uh, kind of put out there the reopening schedule. Here I go sharing screens again, guys. See. That's kind of a thing. Yeah. See, it's, it's, it's okay. You've been out of practice. We haven't done this in like I four have. weeks. Yeah. That's so you true. have a, a, a legit time. excuse. <laughs> well, we were doing this every week, though, you know, we, we that wouldn't was get any no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing any different. Let me see. Make sure this is the right screen. Oh, yeah, it is the right screen. So go. this is the school hybrid plan. Um, many of our uh, students and families are already aware of this plan. Back in February um, 8th, we started at phase one um, with a few of our students coming back uh, for four days a week. Phase two was February 16th. And then most recently, phase three is all remaining students, elementary level, Head Start pre-K, K through one through five, um, middle school and high school 
are back in. Um, however, um, the difference is that there's a group A, a group B, and a group V. Group A is the group that um, goes in on Monday and Wednesday. Group B goes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And of course, group V is um, virtual. And then on Friday is an asynchronous day, a day where students are um, working on assignments, uh, connecting in with their teachers, um, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's what's going right now. Uh, we'll give you wow. kind of an update of what's happening over uh, the next few um, months because St. Mary's County Public Schools has a very extensive plan for the summer for our students because, of course, we have to, you know, kind of would consider the recovery process with everything right. that was And so there I'm a shout out to them because they're really working hard to make sure that they are capturing all of those students and connecting in to make sure their recovery is there and the enrichment as well. So yeah, just a reminder too. Um, I know a lot of us, we're, we're kind of used to sending our kids to, uh, to school with the cold. Yeah. If your child has the sniffles, don't send them to school. I learned that the hard way. I knew my son didn't have COVID because he just got tested, but I sent him to school. And uh, yeah, then you have to prove that he doesn't have COVID after the day that you send him with the sniffles. So make sure they don't have any of those symptoms listed on that, uh, on the, on the webpage, um, the code, well, any of the common, commonly known COVID symptoms. So mm -hmm. yeah, just a reminder, Maybe I'm the only slow one, but uh, definitely uh, a quick, quick learner. It's been a week back in virtual school, but now he's back, back going into the schoolhouse. So I'm excited about that. That's good. That's good. Shout out to William. Um, <laughs> all right. And um, the next thing is the budget. And I know BJ is going to go a little more into the county commissioner budget. Um, but this particular item I'm going to pull up um, to kind of just show everybody, let everybody know what's going on with the budget, the school system wise. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. Um, let me do the other one here. Okay. There we go. Okay, there we go. Um, St. Mary's County, um, the SMCPS budget and talking about um, just right now, we're at um, a deficit of $3,261,990 in funding to be able to meet the negotiated agreement and pay for the anticipated um, increases in healthcare um, and the COLA increase 1.75%. I'm going to defer to BJ to go give a little more in depth because it connects in with what you're going to be discussing with the budget with county commissioners. Well, I mean, don't ask me to be more in depth. You got a whole spreadsheet right there. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you, you could just just leave everybody with the link. Uh, was it the superintendent gave a a a, a very uh, in depth explanation of this of the of the budget yeah. uh, budget breakdown. Uh, but bottom line, um, there, there was an agreement um, that, that the county made with the teachers union and um, about $3.2 million of that is still unfunded. So we got to figure out, um, well, we need Where's to make sure. <laughs> well, 
Ain't no, ain't no question where the money is. We know it. they got. There's they got not. Money. There's no question where the money is. <laughs> well, I don't think so. We got. We have a fun budget. Uh, we we have a, a pretty big fun budget. I understand there there that we're we're trying to um, be conservative because we don't know what next year bring is going to bring. But um, this was something that we we agreed upon last year, and we're talking about three million dollars, and we have about thirty. 30 some odd, $33 million in fund balance that that hasn't been allocated. I think about 11 million, 11 million of it could qualify for uh, this, this teacher's fund. So we, this needs to be a priority and we need to make sure that they Absolutely. get the, the money that we agreed. We can't be losing teachers here in St. Mary's County. It's hard to get yeah. folk to commit to coming down here in the first place. So the ones we got, we need to keep. Give them that money. Yes. Um, <clears throat> a few of the a few of the highlights we do need to. Um, I, I wanted to make sure that we did touch on, um, I, even though we you know we they didn't fund that that portion of the budget. There were eighty three additional um, positions that were brought on, and um, and I thought that that was pretty exciting because there are a lot of gaps uh, in in our current county government that that needed addressing. Uh, there, there's a health disparity issue that that was that existed prior to COVID, and they're allowing uh, the health department to address that. So we're getting four new nurses, um, and they will here they will be here beyond COVID. So that's that's exciting. Um, Public Works will have some uh, some people that will be added onto the team to help out with some of the project management, and EMS. Uh, they they increased. They they have several bodies. I think it's over thirty new ones and. But uh, but um, I'm excited that that we are improving our emergency services here in the county. I don't think we got everything that we that uh, that was was suggested, um, and that that definitely needs to be revisited because um, we have a, a a county that's spread out, in, in a it could be difficult to get to some of our more rural areas, and. Um, a personnel shortage should not be the reason why somebody cannot receive emergency services. So we need to make sure that that um, everyone um, is accounted for when we're we're looking at uh, the resource needs uh, for on the emergency side of the house. Um, I want to remind people it's about thirty three million dollars that hadn't been accounted for. You know, it's like, but just remember that's money that's coming out of our pocket. So we still have, there should be some services associated with um, this balance that will be be um, uh, be held at the end of the year. And um, according to some some forecasters, uh, we, we still may have about, a, uh, I think it's additional 15 that may may pop out at the end of the year. So it's like, all right, we, all this fun balance conversation, I think we need a little more information and we need to make sure that we press our commissioners to explain why we have that balance and why we're not paying for additional services, being that um, we do have resources there. Oh, I do not want to get um, have my political action team upset at me. I did not mention the Board of Elections. Sorry about that. The the primary election, the primary election for 2022 falls into this current budget cycle. I don't want anybody to be confused about that. This is important because 
we are supposed to have an additional, well, we will end up with a, an additional um, early voting center, hopefully, <laughs> um, if everything goes the way that we, we believe it will. Um, if we get that additional voting center, hopefully we get two additional to address uh, uh, the the northern portion of the county and the southern portion of the county, because we already have the central taken care of at, uh, at, at Hollywood. But that needs to be added into the budget for the primary in this budget cycle. If it is not, you cannot change the the voting center composition between the primary and the general. So we need to make sure that we fund for the primary because you cannot change it for the next one just to get it for the uh, for the general um, uh, election um, in the, in the next budget cycle. So uh, this is something that needs to be accounted for now. Um, I believe they well not I believe. They uh, estimated the cost to be one hundred ninety thousand um, dollars per voting center, um, and apparently we got a couple dollars. So <laughs> this is somewhere we we can we can allocate some of those some of that but uh, that fund balance. So we need to make sure that that's accounted for here uh, for the primary in this budget cycle. Let's not, not let's not think about the general election. It has to be accounted for during the primary. All right. Um, last thing, I'm sorry, and I've been rambling here. <laughs> Some of the bills that we've been watching, um, I, I know you all have heard a lot of, 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 well, hopefully you've heard a lot of noise about, um, not noise, a lot of information from House Bill 655, and that is to ensure that the people of, uh, con, uh, of a commissioner district are allowed to select their own representation. I know when you say it like that, it seems like you shouldn't have to make a law to make sure that that happens, but we do. We can get into the details about it later. But um, right now, that that bill um, is is on the Senate side. We had testimony last week, um, and it hopefully um, uh, the positive momentum will continue for that bill, and and we'll see that thing through. Also, um, Bill 745, HB 745, decreasing um, the um, the threshold for registra- registered voters um, uh, for for to require a second early voting center. Uh, that bill is moving forward as well. So um, it's on the Senate side of the House. Oh, well, Senate, uh, it's on the Senate side now, um, and it looks like we will get that. Uh, so we'll have a, 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 at least two required plus the the legislation allows us to uh the the legislation allows us to have an additional well not legislation but the law allows us to have an additional uh early voting center so excuse me and then uh hb 525 um um delegate morgan actually uh, submitted that one which allowed civilian participation for review boards here in saint mary's county um I believe that one is is stuck in committee right now. Uh, we need to get additional information on that one because that was actually a pretty good bill, supported by Delegate Morgan and the 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 uh, the county sheriff. So uh, we need to we need to check into that one and get more information before um, uh, before the session is over. All right. <laughs> 
Speaking right. of the legislative session. Yes. We are going to bring up our um, next special guest, Delegate Rachel Jones. Hi. Let me um, take you off mute or mute, unmute yourself. Yes. Hi. Good evening. How How? Great. How are you? It's amazing. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yep, thank you. So I wanted to kind of get into, um, first of all, you're Delegate Rachel Jones, and you are representing uh, your for a 27B, right? District 27B, and you are representing Calvert and George's counties, correct? Yes. Right. Um, and congratulations. Um, you are have been recently um, appointed. Is that the correct word to? Okay. Right. Um, and that how recent has that been? It's been in a few weeks, right? Almost. Uh, so this is my fifth week, February 18th. Oh, wow. That's all yes. right. Hey. That's Happy a one month anniversary. That's right. A month anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I wanted to get to know who you are before we actually start getting into some of the legislation. And just kind of telling your story of Rachel Jones and your climb or your journey uh, to um, what you are doing at the moment, uh, okay. and kind of a little bit of a background of who you are. So, sure. Okay. So I talk with my hands a lot. So I you do. Not to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, too much. It's visibly noticeable now. But uh, <laughs> so. Uh, so I'm born and raised in Calvert County. Uh, my family has been there for generations, both my maternal and paternal family. Uh, and so my roots are pretty deep here. So I've grown up a little bit of a country girl. Um, I went to college in Morgan State University in Baltimore. And it was there that I sort of um, found love for public service. I initially wanted to follow some sort of pre-love path and ended up not doing that. And as a result, I majored in political science. I interned with a state senator out of Baltimore City at that time, Nathaniel McFadden, who'd been an educator himself, uh, who had been there in Baltimore City to help make some pretty monumental changes in education throughout like the 70s and 80s and, and 90s. And so I was able to, um, I interned for him and the following year came back and served as his legislative aide. And that really gave me a desire for um, helping people with services is what you learned a lot of uh, back then into the policy side and preparing bills for, for hearings and things like that, working with lobbyists and constituent groups. And from there, I went on to later work for U.S. Senator Barbara Mikulski. That when she retired, I switched to uh, working for Senator Ben Carton. And my job really has been to work in Southern Maryland. So the bulk of my responsibility has been to represent the senators in the three Southern Maryland counties and in Prince George's. And mm -hmm. all of that ended up being um, like a stepping stone to being able to received this appointment. And certainly I wouldn't have seen it as that at the time, uh, eight years ago, I just knew I wanted to help people. But I've always worked behind the scenes um, in doing so. And so I, prior to the pandemic, I was in St. Mary's County at least twice a week, if not more. So the job was really just to drive around to all the different counties, be at meetings and places where the senator's been invited to, or just to know what's going on in the county. So I know all of your commissioners quite well. Um, most 
our community leaders. And like I said, pre-pandemic, uh, Janice would have been my go-to. And of course, so now I've gotten accustomed to working with BJ, but um, <laughs> when I first started, Janice was the person that I would have called for um, for St. Mary's NAACP issues or questions, but it's been wonderful just to work in all the counties, getting to know the people who are really um, doing the work behind the scenes that keep the counties running, fighting for what people in the community need. And I think the average citizen doesn't really um, realize how, how much is happening, you know, right in front of them that they don't really notice that's that's going on. And so I've had a chance to see all of that unfold uh, throughout my career. And so when, um, when my Senator, um, Senator Miller announced his resignation and then later passed mm-hmm. um, and this seat became available, um, this delegate seat as my now Senator, um, Mike Jackson, went through the appointment process and he became, um, received the, the nomination to be the Senator. Um, I felt like this was the time for me to step into the forefront. Again, I've been working behind the scenes, um, which I love too. Um, but I felt like I'd, I'd been doing everything but actually legislating. Mm. And if my district needed a representative, I felt like I was the best person. And so that is not no shade to anyone else who was interested. That was just what I felt upon hearing that there was um, there was an opening. I just felt like with my background, my education, uh, my knowledge of what Sun Maryland needs, what Calvert and Prince George's needed, um, my heart for service and to help people and to, to make a difference, I felt like I would be able to have the most impact in this seat. And so it uh, seemed, it seemed like I didn't have a choice but to um, to apply for the vacancy. And I'm glad that I did. And uh, so I received the nomination from Calvert County and the governor selected between myself and the Prince George's nominee and he selected me. And so I am five weeks in and I am bringing all of my background and experiences uh, to my role um, as a delegate, but also as a delegate on the Judiciary Committee where we're tackling some pretty major issues uh, this particular session. And so I feel like um, cumulatively, I'm bringing my experience as you know a black woman in a rural county. I am bringing my experience as um, a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing my experience as someone who's worked with folks in the community and seen where there are deficits. I've mm-hmm. worked with low-income community. I've worked with wealthier communities who, you know, have concerns as well, things they don't want in their communities. But I, I feel like I've seen every end of the spectrum, um, and. I'm keeping all of that in mind as I make decisions. I, I feel like, wow, that's such an inspirational, I don't want to say just story because it's who you are, what's going on with you and how really there are no accidents. I really don't believe there aren't any accidents. Mm-hmm. I believe that you, um, you, even though there is a learning curve, um, you were poised in the position and the experiences with the experiences that you encountered to be able to, um, hold the position um, and represent all of us 
um, especially all of our women, all of us women um, to the fullest. So we just thank you for everything um, that you've done. Um, just a remarkable, remarkable um, life and story. Yeah. So the um, <clears throat> you did not come in at a at a time where uh, you could just relax. You definitely had to jump into the the frying pan. Uh, I believe when you, I think your first week you had a bill up um, that dealt with uh, the 1776 project. Was that, was that like your first? Was that week one? That was one of those one of those couple first early weeks, first or second week. <laughs> where one of my colleagues sponsored a bill, House Bill 1158, that would require in Calvert County that the superintendent of schools, the school board members, and all of the staff be educated on the 1776 commission report. And for those of you who have followed um, the 1776 commission was, you know, formed by our former president, um, President Trump, and it was pretty much a counter to the 1619 project. Uh, the 1619 project, a couple of years ago, the whole goal was just to highlight um, the experience. Not, I'm sorry, not highlight, but well, yeah, highlight the African American experience here. Um, over the past 400 years since Black folks came here in, in chains. Since 1619 is when the first Africans were brought as slaves um, and sold. And so the idea behind the 1619 project was to enlighten those who were not previously aware um, of all of the things that have been included um, in the American experience um, for Black Americans how policies that may have been passed um, affected Black Americans more differently than they, they did the rest of society. And I think that folks who were not prepared to um, do away with sort of the whitewashing of our history that as we've learned it, as many of us have learned it, um, felt like the 1776 commission report was um, a suitable way to ensure that um, patriotism is being taught in, in our American schools. And, and so certainly the, the goal of this bill, I think, um, as explained to me um, by its sponsor was to ensure that we are teaching patriotism to, uh, to students in Calvert County. Um, and, you know, I expressed my disdain for that bill. I just felt like it was unnecessary um, simply because um, we've had already uh, several hundred years of whitewashing of American history. And I am grateful that I went to an HBCU where all of these things are taught in, you know, in your basic history class. It is the Black experience is, is never omitted. And so um, to see those things being highlighted for for the American public in the 1619 Project was very refreshing to me to see people even just having dialogue and talking about things that maybe weren't discussed before very openly. And so anything that would seek to essentially say, hey, let's start U.S. history at 1776, where, you know, <laughs> um, when most historians will tell you, and we're learning about history, when you start learning about U.S. history, most people start 
1607, right? With the settlement of Jamestown. So it was never really that we were starting to talk about history um, at, in the year 1776 anyway. So didn't really see how that was necessary. Um, so it was very controversial uh, simply because um, be Calvert is seen as a, a more conservative county, but that does not mean that there are people there who do not hold um, more moderate or liberal values. Um, and that's, I think, one of my great frustrations um, that I noticed before taking this, this delegate seat. But um, I have heard many folks say uh, throughout Southern Maryland, but particularly in Calvert, that if you don't like conservative values, you can move. And it's very frustrating to me because I know that there are families like mine and my ancestors um, have been in that county since they got off the ship. And so when you build a county and you have been invested in it for centuries and someone says, if you do not like conservative values, you can leave. Um, it certainly um, doesn't rub you the right way. And so um, I, in this role, I seek to try as best I can to be a bridge between folks with more conservative values and those of us with more progressive values. Um, and that's my hope, uh, to be able to bring a fresh perspective perspective uh, to this seat. But certainly wow. House Bill 58 was uh, a challenging uh, start uh, in this role. Roger, Roger that. Um, over this, during this session, um, there have been 1,500 and 88 bills on your side over there in the House of Delegates. Uh, so that's a lot of legislation. Uh, but luckily, um, you all do a lot of, of your heavy lifting in your committees. Uh, you, you are in the, in the Judiciary Committee, um, and, I, and I know that you all have had some, uh, some serious bills come over there. Uh, can you highlight some of the things that you, you've, you've seen since you've been there, some of the good reform, um, that, that has come through your committee? Sure. Um, I'll start with, uh, so certainly judiciary tackles heavy issues, criminal law, civil law, issues around public safety. And so uh, this year, um, police reform and accountability have been uh, one of those speakers' priorities. And so um, in the committee, we heard many, many testimonies in opposition and in support of House Bill 670. Um, and ultimately, it we passed it out of committee and it passed in the House and is now in the Senate. But I will give you just a few of the highlights or the main components of that bill. Um, so it calls for swift and uniform penalties for police misconduct across the state. Um, so dismissals, if an officer is uh, convicted of a felony or for any certain, excuse me, for any misdemeanors, uh, if an officer is convicted of a crime that is considered particularly egregious while on the job, that officer loses rights to receive a pension. And a lot of these things were framed prior to my arrival, but I just want to highlight some of the things that are, that are in it. Um, so there is uh, more transparency for the public. And so if an officer has a record of police misconduct, um, those disciplinary records are no longer held in secret. Those records can be publicly accessed through the Public Information Act, um, regardless of when the record, so if an officer with this bill passes in the Senate as well and becomes law, 
if an officer had complaints against them five or six years ago and you filed a complaint and you went to your local police chief or sheriff and said, I want to know how this officer was disciplined. And they told you, unfortunately, I can't share that with you. Mm-hmm. You would be able to have access to that record and see um, how or if that officer was disciplined. Um, there are strengthened limitations on use of force and um, lethal force is, is only supposed to be used as a last resort when deemed absolutely necessary to prevent imminent threat of death or, um, or bodily injury. Um, there has to be more reporting um, from police agencies, excuse me, from police agencies on uh, use of force in incidents where um, it may be viewed by the public that that level of force wasn't necessary. Uh, it sort of raised the bar on no-knock warrants. So no-knock warrants are generally banned except as a last resort or when the life or safety of an individual is in danger. And so an application for a no-knock warrant has to include clear and convincing evidence. <laughs> like, I understand that your NAACP president takes issue with this language, and I am very sorry about that. But there must be clear and convincing evidence that someone's life or safety is in danger. A warrant for someone's home may only be executed between the hours of 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. absent any exigent circumstances. circumstances. So business hours. Officers must execute a warrant and clearly identify themselves and use <sighs> body cameras. Um, So, yes, uh, and that provided much controversy on the House floor in debate. And um, I do believe one of St. Mary's, I I believe Delegate Morgan may have asked some very interesting questions um, around this bill. But, yes, um, those can only be issued between 8 a.m. and 7 p.m., so not in nighttime hours. Um, real quick, real quick. I know there. I mean, there there are a ton of things that are that are included in this bill, and there's a there are several Senate bills that have to be. So a lot of it has to be balanced. Can you talk about that process? It was like how because mm-hmm. because I know a lot of people are probably reading the laws as they come through from the Senate side or or a report coming of the House Reform Bill. Let's talk about the process that'll happen at the end if both bills actually uh, are, are seen through to, to the completion of the process? So our committee chair, so um, for, for me, for like a bill like this particular bill, um, our judiciary committee chair would conference with the chair of uh, judicial proceedings in the Senate and um, leadership will discuss what's in the House version and what's in the Senate version. What do we wanna keep? What do we feel? which bill do we think is strongest, which bill do we think is the best? And then we will decide whether or not we need to amend each bill so that they all include the same things or if we wanna remove things and then pass those versions. Um, Or they'll just decide, do we just hold the Senate bill in in committee and just stick with passing the House version? So those are issues that will be discussed um, over the next couple of weeks. Roger that. Now, um, I I could keep you know you know me. I love I love talking about uh, state legislation, and we could we could definitely carry this conversation on for hours. 
and and have, but <laughs> I would um I don't think that everybody else shares the same passion for for legislation discussion as I do. Uh, but I, I do appreciate you uh, providing the information and thank you for for stepping up uh, when there was a need uh, for for representation Absolutely. and leadership here in Southern Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we do like to emphasize uh, our a bit of togetherness here in the Southern Maryland area. And so we, we look at you as one of our own. Um, and so we, oh, we, we claim rights to you, even though we can't vote for you. <laughs> But if we if we were set up like uh, St. Mary's County, we would be able to vote for you. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I, I was very pleased to be the first black woman during Black History Month to be the first black woman from Calvert to be sworn in. I, I accept that as a victory for Calvert, but also for all of Southern Maryland. But I'm not moving to St. Mary's County. <laughs> if you don't want to be here, we don't want you. <laughs> it's beautiful over here. This is God's country. It is your I, loss. I love all the counties. I love all the counties. I will I will miss having so much time in St. Mary's. Yeah. yeah. I probably should have gave Gene a heads up before I pulled them up. <laughs> I was busy pouring a beer. But I'll I would be remiss. I, w- I was trying to hold my tongue the whole time. I heard Morgan State University, but you know, you, you got a Bowie State University alum oh. right here. You know, mm. the state of Maryland's Me oldest uh, historically black college. Just want, just want to put that out there. Okay. So <laughs> let me say something, Jane. Jane, let me say something. And it's unique. Not a lot of people know this. I started my career, well, well my collegiate career at Morgan State University. My whole family graduated from there. I left. I left. I went into the music business. When I uh, came back, I went to Bowie State, uh, and, and and I I am an alumnus of Bowie State University. So all right, that's the both worlds. See, that's I'm right. Older, there you see. So my wife, she's from Baltimore, and born and raised, and she went to Bowie State. But uh, I hold a certain thing against Morgan because Morgan State ended my football career my senior oh, year. No. Year. Yeah, Bowie oh. State played Morgan State back in 2004 and snapped my leg in half. So, oh, yeah. oh, come on, man. So, oh, that's, so that's, whenever I hear sorry. Morgan State, I'm like, oh, oh sorry. You can't blame the whole university. Just I know. We have to get past that. Probably, okay. probably saved you from a couple of concussions. <laughs> <laughs> but my niece, my niece, she may be going to Morgan State. I was trying to convince her to go to Bowie State. <laughs> but at first, you know, she wanted to go to Tennessee State. I was like, why do you want to go so far? Oh. You know, but she got accepted to Morgan State and she just got oh, accepted to Bowie State. Uh, oh. Matter of fact, yesterday, she got her email yesterday. So you tell that's her to, well, congratulations. Tell her to watch this, though, and then call me so she can go to Morgan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> All right. So now we're, we're going to transition into our last little segment. This is uh, a segment segment we like to call "What You're Sipping On." Uh, shout out to uh, Commissioner Colvin for finally getting the pun, um, and <laughs> he he uh, he he is definitely a regular listener viewer, excuse me, <laughs> and he sent us a note. It's like, ah, sipping on. I get it. Get it. Is, I was like, say it. Huh? DJ, say it. Say it. So what the sipping on? What's the no, so, tell them. Uh, so I, I our show is 
our show is Sunday in the park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, S-I-P, sip. And so that's where we get the what you're sipping on from. Yeah. Oh, all right, ah. all right. oh, I get it. Now. <laughs> oh. now, you see, you see the logo. You see yeah. how the tree is supposed to be the eye. And yeah. the, the, the eye is actually pouring a drink into the S. And the S is actually the liquid right there. See, it's supposed yeah. to be. In Apparently, a people glass, miss it. You know, so, yeah. so, can we hire you both on contract for you know <laughs> different logo beer logos, right? For <laughs> sure, for sure, for sure. She's the creative brain over there, so she got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what you sipping on today? Um, yesterday was the Image Awards, the fifty-second annual Image Awards. Shout out to the NAACP. Yes, yes, yes. And so they have, um, they had uh, amazing quick, hold show. On, hold, on. hold on. See, this is something we've been forgetting about because we took a time. We took a minute off of actually sipping. What oh, we have, yes. what we do before, what we do before before we actually get into the subject matter is we go around the horn and ask, "What are you sipping on?" And I know this is a pressure on on uh, Delegate Jones because we didn't give her any heads up. But I know Gene got something to go. Which What are you sipping on, Gene? Well, considering I was waiting and watching the whole show, I actually went through two beers. So you nice. have to forgive me. Well, man, maybe <laughs> three. I'm lying because my wife is over around the corner. So <laughs> I'm, back, I'm back to our flagship beer. But before, I was drinking one of our best sellers, our Oops series of beer. The blueberry oops and the aloha mm. oops. So yep. the cool thing about the blueberry, the cool thing about the oops period is basically whatever we have left over after we're brewing, we dump it in and see what comes out of it. So it's kind of like a cool thing every week. Everybody comes in and is like, ooh, what is this oops? They try to guess the oops. And everybody likes our blueberry and aloha oops. They're the fruity oops beer. So I finished that. I was trying to hold on to it, but I kept uh, going. It was quite refreshing. So now I'm back to the uh, the flagship beer, 301 Pale Ale. Roger that. All right. Roger that. Delia Jones? I, I just have water, water to see. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Totally understand. Miss <laughs> Dillahunt, what you got? Just some red wine. Red wine? Mm. Yeah, just nice red wine. Yep. Uh, and uh, first off, that's a wonderful glass. Can you see that? Can you see that? that, that sure? I see it. I'm gonna say, okay, Roger that. <laughs> um, but just in celebration of International Whiskey Day yesterday, um, I have a nice uh, bourbon here. Oh, look at Gene. <laughs> what you holding up, Gene? Ah, put it down. We'll, put it down. The, the, the Blantons, the good Blantons. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, I'm drinking High West, so okay. Yeah. Anyway, so now back, back. I'm sorry to derail you. I'm sorry. To That's derail all right. You. No, that was perfect. That was that was fine. We needed to do that. Um, and so uh, the NAACP Image Awards 52nd Annual, um, amazing program. Just um, highlighted the nominees for the motion pictures. Um, the Five Bloods was one of the nominee uh, nominated pictures. One Night in Miami, which is interesting. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, 
Mm. Is for Life and Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. And the winner was Bad Boys for Life. Um, this is this is proof that we do not know how to choose good movies. I'm telling you, this is, you know, don't get me started. I, I appreciate black <laughs> excellence. I really do. I, I definitely appreciate black excellence. But Bad Boys for Life as the picture of the year. Yeah, I, I kind of th- think it would it should have been maybe Jingle Jangle or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but that's just my jingle. That jingle jangle, that thing, that was that was so well done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but, see but that, we see wanted to, Bad Boys was, was popular. Anyway, I'm sorry. Don't get me caught up on it. No, we wanted to go around the horn and just ask in honor of um, the NAACP Image Awards and what happened last night, what is in your movie playlist? Mm. What is or even television series or you know those binge series is what is in yours? And I'll let let's go around. Gene, we'll start with you. I, I was going to give it to the delegate first. Ladies oh, okay. First. Well, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Aww. Thank you for your chivalry. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not so- dead. That's good. <laughs> um, I need to catch up on uh, movies, but I Aretha is one of the ones I want to see. Um, yeah. In one night in Miami, I have seen the others that were on the the, the list from the Image Awards, but. I haven't seen that one yet. So those two are on my list. Absolutely. Gene? All right. So um, everything that was on the list from the Image Awards, I have seen. And I would say what I believe should have won was Five Bloods because (laughs) that was a movie you actually had to watch twice because Mm. just like any Spike Lee movie, you're going to miss certain messages and themes. Mm. And I'm I'm hurting myself because I forgot the actor's name, but he was in Crooklyn and he was also in Five Bloods. But he acted his butt. Yes, he acted his butt off and he deserved. He was the movie. Yeah, he was. was. And then I would say second was. uh, And forgive me if I'm mispronouncing my my bottles. Oh. Yes, that was my number two. But um, as far as anything else on the list that's not on the list that I'm trying to watch, um, BJ did mention uh, I got to get back into Snowfall, the new season. I'm, I'm waiting on that. And tonight uh, or this week, I'm going to try to do uh, Zack Snyder's um, Justice League because I like the Ooh. yeah four hours. I know I'm going to try to do an hour a night. <laughs> you got to break it up. Yeah. I gotta break it up because while we while I was in the backstage, I pulled it up real quick and I said, "Oh, it really is four hours." I was yeah. like, I don't got time. For it. <laughs> uh, no, I've heard it's good though. I've heard it's really. I heard it's really Marvel good. fan, but yeah, and yeah. I'm a Marvel fan too because my daughter she's into uh, Wandavision and she keeps saying, yeah, "Daddy, I like that. Daddy, you need to watch Wandavision." And I watched like the first five minutes of it. I was like, uh, "I don't know, I'm done." No, no. She was you like, gotta stick it out. You gotta, gotta get that first one out. You gotta get out. that first one out. Yep. And yeah. you, and and you know, the characters said. that's about to spin off. Oh man, uh-huh. the, the future of Marvel is about to be great. All right, see, all right. Now, now y'all got me psyched. You can do all it. Right. You can get through it. You can get through the first. You can get through it. Yeah. But 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 definitely, um, I gotta do uh the Zack Snyder thing. So I'm gonna break it up an hour a day, and we'll see where it goes from there. So but they should have released right it. Now. 
They should have released it episodically. They should have had four exactly. different episodes yeah. of the movie. And, and, then and, and this is why DC Comics will never catch up with Marvel. No. Never. It's they, over. they always mess up. It's over. <laughs> it's over. They will never catch up because they no. always mess up. And they got the better comic books. That's the messed up part. And that's like, what I'm saying. They got the they got no, the better material, the worst movies. But Marvel has the backing of Disney, and when you got Disney money, true, true. You know, the, the world the world is yours. True. true. All right. So, I guess I can go now, and I'll let you close out. Um, yeah. We've already mentioned Snowfall, so um, I, I I watch that. Uh, religiously at 4 a.m. on Friday morning after the new episode is released. I don't, I don't watch it at night. I'm usually busy. Thursday night is a heavy meeting day. But uh, usually on Fridays, I have to catch up on everything I didn't do on Thursday. So I'm sitting here with with, with it playing on my monitor and I'm like working on some spreadsheet that I I need to get submitted by Friday. So <laughs> it's a 4 a.m. work session with uh, Snowfall and Gronish. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Gronish. And I've, I've heard a lot of complaints about it. And I don't care. You don't have to like it. I like it. And I don't need anybody's support. My my credit is good in the opinion <laughs> business. You understand? So my, I like my, Gronish. My wife, my wife loves Gronish. But I just thought Gronish should have been like, at an HBCU. I'm sorry. It would have been nice in HBCU. It would have been That's nice true. at an HBCU. I agree. I agree. Yeah, California. They're in California. It's so they can, well, give me the HBCU out there. None. None. That's why they try to make it HBCU-like. They do try to pay homage to the HBCUs, but... Well, you know what throws me off of Gronish? The dude that played in uh, the remake of Superfly. Yeah. That he's in it. And he every time I see him... Yeah, I keep seeing the tail. I'm just like, I can't watch it. <laughs> he he is a, he is a, he is a little corny for the lead, but I mean, we had Shaza, and he was he was kind of he was kind of over the top too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now those two shows, those are those are two of my favorites right now. Oh, and if you haven't watched Bad Trip, Bad Trip is hilarious. Bad Trip. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, I uh, really like the United States versus Billie Holiday, which gave um, a kind of a different perspective. It's um, based on this book called Chasing the Scream. And it's also directed by Lee Daniels and Andrew Day stars in it. But it's based in the 1940s. And it's about how the government targeted Billie Holiday in an effort to kind of racialize the war on drugs and Ultimately, it kind of they were trying to stop her from singing her controversial song "Strange Fruit." Mm. So you don't realize how well you know the song "Strange Fruit" is controversial, and if you're not not familiar with it, you can Google it. Um, but you just don't realize all that she went through. Um, she herself was almost like a civil rights pioneer in singing the song um, to tell the story about stories about what was really going on in the South. Um, mm. and so. Just because of that song, she was stopped several times, arrested for even starting to sing the song. She was banned from certain areas. Um, several of her audience members, um, white audience members, wanted her to sing the song. A lot of her fans loved the song, uh, and but she was really um, 
uh, scrutinized and really punished for um, singing that song. And so it's interesting spin on her life. Um, it doesn't really start off and talk about her beginning stages and all of that. It really does focus on that time period. So you should watch it. I would have I still to have agree. Because uh, actually when I first heard about it, it made me go to Wikipedia and like mm. everybody knows about Billie Holiday, but it made me actually go mm. to, to Wikipedia and find out about Billie Holiday. And I didn't know all that stuff that I found out when I actually went to go research. I was like, wow, this is stuff yeah. I didn't know about Billie Holiday. How, right. you know, basically when she died, she was basically was left with nothing, you mm -hmm. know, and yeah, it, it was incredible, you know, definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh, this, this has been a, a really good show. Like, uh, yeah. It's like I, I well, at least entertaining on my end. Like I've I've enjoyed both of you all. Um yeah, and this was this was fun. I, I we gotta get y'all gotta get well hold up. Both of y'all should no, be on. We gotta go down to wait. We're going we're gonna make, be we're going, going to Tux and Brewing. We're absolutely. going to Brewing Company. Yes. Um delegate delegate Jones, myself, Faves. We need you there. We need you there. Yeah, the we need to be there. And we're gonna have, get the we also going have, everything. <laughs> we also have a seltzer called Rabrael. It is our first foray in the seltzers, and um, it's called Rabrael. It's a peach uh, seltzer that we make. You know, it's, it's unlike any seltzer you've ever had. So it's for basically our non-beer drinkers. Oh, so if you like, uh, Mer like what is it? Sharp Merlot, almost like a, you'll like it. <laughs> wow. You'll like it. And we got new flavors that'll be coming out. And I'm sorry, I did get a text from Miss Watts. She did say that pre-orders for the fundraiser beer will be starting on Monday. Monday. And the code is TLL. TLL. Thomas Lima Lima. So TLL <laughs> is the code for online or in person. It's also, Thomas Lima Lima. Also, Tao. Lambda, 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 but whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Do, Thomas Lima Lima works. <laughs> do we go to the website? Um, because I was just gonna kind of stick it in the chat. Yes, we so um, we will. You will be able to go to the website, and um, you can order online from there and put in the code, and you can come okay. in person. Next week we will be open on Friday, and the following week we'll go back to our Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule. Okay, Roger that. Yeah, so she said uh, thank you. She said thank you, BJ. <laughs> uh, thank you, Trinice. Appreciate it. Because with, without bumping into her on uh, on the interwebs, you know, she like she was the first one I connected with. So yes, uh, yes. appreciate to have you you all as partners. And uh, so thank you, Patex and Bruin. Um, and I probably should have should have thanked uh, uh, the delegate first. It's me following uh, my partner's lead. I apologize. <laughs> uh, thank you, Delegate Jones. Um, and thank yes. you all. And thank you, Adrian, for lead, leading oh. today. So. And thank you, BJ. Let's thank everybody. <laughs> all right, y'all. Everybody be safe. Thank you, Ms. Jones. All right, everybody. Thank you all. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.